Welcome back to the show, Pitch Invasion, episode 24, the podcast of football tribalists, of course. We have it all here. We have local, we have international, and we try to squeeze in a bit of Liverpool news then and there, but, you know, not too much. You know, we don't want to make all up what in our shame. airwaves, making noise up in the What air, a shame. You know, but uh, like I said, episode 24, we are a man down without our partner in crime, Lord Zipubu, who's not here with us today. But I'm in the capable hands of Amika and Yadike. And Hello, I'm everyone. Still on top of the table, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the dark days are coming for Liverpool, right? But we'll get to the Premier League. We'll get uh, to uh, overseas shows. Let's keep it local, right? Because we have a big, big game coming up this weekend. And it doesn't get bigger than the Soweto Derby, Amika. And, I mean, both teams are actually, you know... In relatively decent form, not too bad, but um, obviously there has to be a winner. Sometimes there are draws in this game, but uh, where do you see this game going this weekend? I think it's one of those games where, you know, you it's a league game, so definitely both teams need to, to win to stay in the hunt. Um, but, you know, we, we, we've seen from the, the last game that, or last couple of games that, you know, we don't have that that situation where we always used to, to have this game finishing draws. Uh, there's there's the will. There are goals as well. You know, yeah, there are goals and then there's the will to try and win the game, um, which we saw last time it was it was Pirates. Um, maybe... Last time it's been Pirates. <laughs> the last well, it's been Pirates. But four I'm thinking, or something. Dumb. I'm thinking that, that, you know, perhaps, you know, this is um, an opportunity for Chiefs to try and get something back um, against against Pirates in, in, in this... In this uh, um, humdinger of a, of a clash. You know, what's interesting for me is that um, I had a look at, obviously, the log and the standings. And, you know, if Chiefs beat Pirates, there's some. They, I think they get two points, they're two points behind Pirates if they win that game. And this is a Chiefs team that the whole season we've written off, where on the other hand, the Pirates team we've been praising the but whole I season. Warned, I warned you when, when, when the coach was appointed and you were all going on, on how, you know, he wasn't going to do anything. You see... Well, he uh, still hasn't. I mean, they crashed out of the Confederation Cup, the Confed Cup. He so. hasn't, but Chiefs have, have remained very close to the, the hunt. If not for the, the resurgence of Cape Town City, Chiefs probably will be uh, right next to the, to the, the main challengers. So they're not too far. Uh, they're fifth. So, and that's that's the crazy thing about the South African uh, Soccer League, right? The PSL is that, you know, one result literally can swing you some four or five positions into the league. I mean, Chiefs with this win, like I said, it, you know, they go two points behind a team who are considered title contenders. So, let's you know say Chiefs do win this game. Could we not then throw their hat into the mix? Because I mean. Sundown still have catch-up games. Those are not guaranteed. Well, and we, I think we, we saw, have now we, played... You we know, saw Sundowns lose a game that everyone would, would have assumed that they would win at home. They lost yes. to Amazulu. So, you know, it's the, the, the league is such that um, certain teams have been playing the spoilers, like Polokwane City, uh, Amazulu at, at Sundowns. Uh, sometimes even Marisburg as terrible as that season has been, they've caused some some upsets. So, uh, you, you know, what I like about the PSL this season uh, as against a lot of the previous seasons is um, you can't go into every game thinking, you know, just look at the names and assume that that they'll win. It's like how Pirates lost to Barocca in the cup final. So, it's it's um, it's it's a situation where any team can lose. And that's that's why you have that close, close gap. Teams drop points when you expect them to win. 
Uh, and, and when sometimes even when they are in great form, like Sundowns were in great form when they lost lost to Amazon. I mean, hadn't lost the game in 365 that was, that was days. Their first loss. So you know, um, really interesting. I mean, I look at it this way: if Pirates win that game, they then move two points behind Vitz with a game in hand. So it's then you know makes the the top three, top four quite interesting because now you know you then look at the derby and you say to yourself that you know at least you know we're getting the goals. And uh, we're no longer getting draws; we're getting victories. But now the games mean a lot more because Pirates and uh, and Chiefs haven't been in the title mix for some time now. Yeah, they haven't. I mean, and this, now these games actually mean this that season, one of them could actually be in the hunt, or one yeah. of them fall out. This season, the the, the derby has a, a lot more meaning because both teams are right up there. You know, for over the last couple of of years, they've just been struggling, and sometimes the, the games have been meaningless because. They're not both. They're both not, not challenging for anything, but you know, a win for either either side changes not just their fortunes, but also affects the teams around them because you know one of them will move higher up 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 the the, the pecking order, and you know gives us um, a lot to look up to. So I'm really excited about about you know what to expect in that game. And I think it's quite a dangerous game for Pirates because they almost come in as overwhelming favourites based on the derby record and based on the league positions. And Chiefs come in there, you know, with nothing to lose, essentially. They have absolutely nothing to lose and, you know, everyone will write them off. But, you know, when when it's it's the derby, it's, it's a different game altogether. And, you know, this is really, really going to suit them. Um, they they have struggled with with the goalkeeping situation. Oh, that's been terrible. And um, let's see if uh, they they're able to get uh, you know Akwey in, in goal. Uh, they just signed him from from cheaper, uh, which is a big move for for the Nigerian. And I and I I hope that he gets to do well because you know he's occupying a position that Kune. We're, we're going to touch on that, yeah. right? We're going to go extensively into that. But before we get there, give me a prediction. Where do you see this derby going? Because honestly, I, you know, being a Pirates fan, my heart does say Pirates. But I, you know, I, I just can't help think that you know Chiefs have nothing to lose in this game. I think they've I, got no pressure, and they'll be more relaxed than Pirates, who they they know, you know, a win moves them right behind Vitz with the game in hand, and. You know, I, I worry that that desperate feeling kicks in and then if they fire blanks, sucker punch, Chiefs, you know, go and sneak it 1-0. I'm, I'm going for a, for a Chiefs win 2-1. Chiefs um, win 2-1. I don't know why, but, you know, I just have this feeling that uh, the Kaiser, Kaiser Chiefs will, will get this one. I'm going to be a, a bit of a spoiler here because I know I've asked for prediction and I should be given mine. I'm going to wait to see who Chiefs put in goals. How about that? Right? <laughs> Only then... Right. Only then will I give my prediction. If I see virtual freeze and calls, okay, we're winning that game three 0 right? But if they decide against that, you know, then they, like, then I'll I'll make up my mind he, based on the he rest has, of the he hasn't, been, he hasn't been the flavor of the month for Chiefs fans. No, they, absolutely not. They were, in fact, they were very happy when they they found that they signed the new keeper because for them, like anyone else but him in goal, and which is really sad for him because he's not a bad keeper. It's just that, you know, when 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 you you have a keeper like that. Remember Taibi at Man United? Yes. <laughs> Is that that so you, sort of... You have a fantastic keeper and the keeper gets injured and this is supposed to be like your opportunity to, to try and stick a claim. Yeah. And then, you know, you you commit howlers. But, you know, speaking... And he's, he's cost them points. Speaking about Taibi, is that I, I remember, you know, the interesting thing with Taibi at Man United was that I think he had a seven-game spell, right? 
And I think out of those seven games, he was man of the match three or four times, right? Up until the two games where he made those two howlers and you never saw him again. But he, he was man of the match three out of the seven games leading up to that. And Virgil Fries, prior to the mistakes that he had, the games that he played for Chiefs, there were talks about, you know, this guy needs to start playing more. This guy needs yeah. to be given more game yeah. time. And then two howlers back to back and, you know, nobody wants to even touch this guy. The problem is, is pressure and then also sometimes trying to do, um, not keep things simple, trying to do, do the, the, you know, make very simple things look pretty difficult. And that's where you commit those, those mistakes. If you, if you have a chance, you just go in there and try and keep it simple. You're going to catch the ball, you catch it. If you know you can't catch it, just parry it. Don't try and catch something. Basics like have let him yeah, down. Exactly. So, um, he's, it's, I feel sorry for him because, you know, with, you can commit that those howlers at Marysburg or some other team and nobody, <laughs> nobody will know. At Chiefs, you the know, whole country's <laughs> like the entire, um, like the mob comes out and, you know, they, they really had it for him after the second one. So, um, maybe, maybe he gets, a, he gets another chance and, and probably can redeem himself, but, um, there's too much spotlight, so... Okay, well, let's move on to that now. Now, now that we talked about the transfer, right? Let, you know, uh, enlighten us about, the, you know, the, the Chiefs goalkeeper, who is Nigerian, of course. And, uh, you know, I the guy really looked promising. Well, I can't say he's promising in the sense that he's not young, but he showed, like, really good signs of being a good keeper, solid keeper. He's been playing for Nigeria. So what do you see, you know, going forward for this guy and Chiefs? I think it's, you know, for him, um, this is an opportunity. I mean, he he's coming to South Africa, um, gone to Chippa United, which is not one of the really top teams. And he's done well there. And, you know, for him, he in, for the entire Russia 2018, he was the only player from the PSL to, to go to Russia, even though yeah. um, he wasn't first choice. But, you know, this move to Chiefs, and if he does well... It Elevates his profile as well. Not, not just his profile, it gives him a much better position to challenge for the, the goalkeeping position because uh, unfortunately for him, you know, the, he played a couple of friendlies before the World Cup and, you know, considered some some goals which were not totally his fault. Um, but, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, I've known him from... from wasn't he in the friendly though when they yeah, beat... I guess Argentina, uh, yes. Argentina, he wasn't, it was in goal and then yes. later got substituted. But, you know, Akbe has been in the Nigerian goalkeeping setup from his the junior teams. He played for the under twenties in the in the World Cup as well. So he's um he's got he's got um uh, he's got a lot of experience and you know this move uh typically with most Nigerian players when they when they've moved from from what is a smaller team to a bigger team they kind of lift their game. I think that you know he has the opportunity now because he's gonna be in goal for Chiefs, which which means that more people are going to watch his games. Typically, probably are cheaper. Some people might forget, but when, you know, imagine if he gets to start in the derby. That's something that, um, over the years, Nigeria has had some some really good keepers coming through South Africa from William, William Barra, Barra. Who, who was part of Paris when they won the, the Champions uh, uh, League. And Paris uh, Barra was also already a national keeper before he came here. There was Ida Peterside, who was also mm -hmm. a national keeper. Swallows goalkeeper. Um, Greg Tafia came here on the back of having kept for Nigeria at the Olympics in Sydney. Yeah. And then went on to, to keep at, at national level. And then there were, there were a few other ones. Uh, Rotimi was there briefly. And then Akbe uh, uh, came in and you know Akbe has done done pretty well he hasn't really um, had put a foot wrong really put a foot he's, wrong he's yeah, really so, done well 
um, you know, moving to Chiefs. And, uh, you know, if you look at it, over time, there hasn't been too many Nigerian players. There have been more at Pirates than, than at Chiefs. Mm. Um, there was Tony Lodigwe years years ago, and then uh, Akwei now. It's, and it's also going to win Chiefs um, a lot of fans in Nigeria, particularly if he starts playing and keeping very well. Um, he has a chance with Afcon coming, and, you know, the, the um, current first-choice keeper, who uh, has gone on loan to Cyprus. Mm. So this that doesn't give him Cyprus doesn't give him any edge over him being at being in the PSL. In the PSL. So um, it's a good chance for him because the other keeper uh, has moved from Enyimba to to another team in in Nigeria. I think it's he moved to Kano Pillars also. I think uh, so. No, I think either Kano or Casina. I think moved to mm. Casina United. So it, it is it is a good a good move for for him and also. Um, um, a potential big win for Chiefs because you know Kaiser Chiefs will will definitely grow their fan base in Nigeria. But now it's a big move for him. What does that mean for a two million Kune? Because I mean, um, they, they still know a certain date on when Kune is coming back. Yes. And I mean, if this guy puts on a string of let's say five, seven, eight games of consistency with some clean sheets, maybe saves a penalty then and there. Let's say he has a great... Remember, the derby also sets the stage for a player exactly. to stay in the team for exactly. the next couple of days. So exactly. let's say he saves a penalty in the derby and has a, you know, a fantastic run after that. And we hear that, you know, Itumilin Kun has declared fit. What do Chiefs do then? Akbar, he saved the penalty against Bafana in, in Nelspruit a, a few years ago. But it didn't I, help him stay, stay in the no, team. I'm, I'm just saying that um, he has an opportunity. Uh, it's like when you look at Sundowns, they've got two international keepers there. They've got Kennedy Wene from yes. Zambia, who's an Afghan winner, and then they've got Onyango. And all of, all of a sudden, you know, um, Wene was there, and Onyango comes in and, and puts him in the shade. So Kune has his work cut out. If 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 Akbay pulls up some some, uh, some great performance, then he gives the coach um, a difficult task of deciding, okay, look, I'll, I'll probably rotate them or, or I'll use... But in saying one, that, Amika, one, one you, you know, goalkeeper is one of those vital positions where, for me, um, you, you need those games under your belt because, you know, the game for a goalkeeper, right, is, is, is always summed down to your mistakes as opposed to your saves, right? Yes. We'll always come in and, and, you know, lash you for your mistakes, you know, but when the the good saves come out, you know, yeah, we clap, it's nice. But then, you know, when that mistake happens, you know, all hell comes loose on you. And part of that is you getting as many minutes and as much game time as possible, which is where I do feel sorry for Virgil Freeze because the guy has probably been sitting on the bench for God knows how long. And then up you come, there's some big games. And it's not like in training, the catching, the shooting and so forth. So now I then say to myself, why would you do that as a coach where, you know, Kuno would be coming straight from injury, the speed of play, he'll still have to adjust to that, coming out, catching and so forth. You know, would it be wise to then, you know, shove Kune straight back in, even if uh, Ekpe is having a good, you know, run of games? Yeah, what, what, what will happen is, is definitely Kune will be brought in gradually. But should they do that? Well, I mean, it depends. It depends on, on I mean, you know, for Akpe, this is his chance to try and take a claim. Because Kune, Kune by the way, is, is a fantastic keeper. In no, fact, there's no design. That. For me, I still think that um, one of the biggest mistakes um, was him uh, remaining in South Africa after having a great performance at that uh, the Confed Confed Cup. Mm. You know that was the right moment for him to 
Chiefs would have cashed in. He would have gone gone into a big club in in Europe because the, the the game has changed to the extent in Europe that most of the clubs are looking for keepers who have the ability that Kune has. And Kune not just is he a great goalkeeper; it's his ability to to set up to set up plays. His distribution and his by far Kune's the, distribution the best is the, the best I've ever the seen. Best in the world. I mean, everyone, best talk, I've ever seen. everyone talks about Alisson and uh, his brother at Man City. Yeah, I'm willing Ederson. to I'm willing to bet you. But I, no, Kune is in probably in the top ten no, Chiefs no, most assisted. If you ask, me, no, if, you, if you ask me from what I've seen Kune do, I think Kune is much better than both of them in terms of his, his, his distribution. Yeah. And so um, it's difficult to not want to bring Kune back into the, the into the team. So maybe at the end of the day, it's good for Chiefs that they have an option because the kind of injury that Kune had, you know, they they, they, they were left exposed not having another, yeah. another keeper. And, and you can't predict, you can't legislate for injuries. So you, you're, not, you're not sure what, what to expect. So I, I think that, um, you know, we, we kind of accuse Sundown sometimes of um, signing up all the big players and you know den- denying other teams and then not having having what have you but but you find that w- with them every time they've got an injury or they've got whatever there's always someone who can step in and like the way Onyango and and Wene are there if one of them is injured you know that you've got a world class keeper or a top class keeper you know if I, if I let me let me not over over hype them a top class keeper to replace him but with 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 Pirates and with Chiefs they struggle. Every time they've had an injury, I mean, like in the case of Pirates, all of a sudden they, they you had sense of when you, when you were ki- killed, and you know they were suddenly thrown into a crisis because Senzo was so good that it was difficult for his his. They didn't even think of a backup. The, at that the backup keepers didn't stand a chance. Remember who he took over the, the goalkeeping uh, position from was Monib. Yeah. And we, we didn't think we thought Monib was so so good uh, that Senzo was okay. Let's see what happens, and then Senzo gets in there. He had that great run in Europe, and I had a conversation with him, which which was a couple of weeks before before um, he got shot. Where uh, you know he was uh, playing for Bafana against Nigeria, and when together in Cape Town, we had this this lengthy conversation where I was saying to him, like, you know, with that form that you had, you know, it's probably the right time for you to move to Europe. Mm. And he's saying like, well, he doesn't know. It's just that you know he relies on his agent, and and that's the thing. You know, when when you have these players who hit a certain peak, that's the moment they need to go and compete against the, the world. And I remember telling him then that, you know, Vincent Inyama, for instance, uh, who at that time was now playing at Lille, um, I said his route to, to Europe was he went to Israel. And the good thing about Israel, and that's why some people don't realize, you know, you go to Israel, you go to some of these... Um, um, Czech Republic and some of those countries is that you get to play in, in the U- Europa League at least. Yes. And sometimes you're acclimatized to some, weather conditions. Some, you're sometimes you play you play in the Champions League. And so what happens then is that you know there are clubs always looking for and you know with all these top African goalkeepers that's a route you get into into mainstream and and you ask yourself for how long we haven't seen uh, top African keepers for any of the the any of the top clubs in the world. You know? Now you touched on something you know when a player uh, hits. At his peak at the right time because Emiliano Tade <laughs> seemed to have hit his peak at the right time played against Sundowns had a good game and then we, before you know it some weeks <laughs> later he's at Sundowns you know so what, what do you make of that signing because you know the way I look at it now you know I I'm now starting to question look I don't know if this is pizza signing or this is a uh, you know uh, the board at Sundowns but I'm not looking at it this way right They've identified they needed a, an attacking player of some sort. Because Peter just said in an article, funny enough, today, he doesn't even know where the guy's going to play. So they identified they needed an attacking player. 
and they sign a guy who's 30 years old, you know, uh, he's, he's Argentine. And you then ask yourself, you know, does this signing, you know, then boost the sort of growth you want to see in South African football? Because now we have young players out there that are banging on the door, asking for these opportunities. And Sundowns go and sign a 30-year-old you know, from Amazulu when, I don't know, I'm sure in the ranks in the M- one of the MDC teams, you know, the junior teams, I'm pretty sure they have somebody there. They signed Brocky, not, don't, forget, don't forget, not too long ago. And Brocky's about that same age. What what you find with Sundowns is they always, because, and that's why they're competitive, especially when they play in Africa. They, they've got they've got these experienced uh, players and then they've got people who actually do score goals. And so maybe they need they need to have that and then you know still have a few guys and, and to their credit you know when you when you least expect it they've they've unleashed some of these youngsters um but for the most part you know they they sometimes are like they're like a bit like chelsea they, but, they sign players and then they load but out you see, some he, other players. here's my problem right pagaman mashambi has just come back from injury Right, and then you go sign Tidy. I I don't understand the logic behind. You got to compete. You got to compete. Compete against against. But you've extended Lafour's contract. Jeremy Brock is still there. Temba Zwane is still there. So it's not like Sand. Did they really need an attacking player? It's they can afford it, and it's competition for them. And you know, you have seen Sundowns uh, become one of the big powerhouses in Africa now. And the only reason they're there is because of the quality of players that they have. So I wouldn't fault them for that. What I do. Uh, question sometimes is the sheer number of players that they have and then they loan them out and sometimes you know they become a, a bit like like how Chelsea has so many players out on loan and, and not getting getting enough game time and still going to sign more players if maybe they loan them out and probably bring them back after a while I'll understand but um, you know something needs to be done about about their their overall strategy. Uh, but then this then leads me to, you know, the next point um, in discussion is that, you know, I I, I want to link this in together with the George Libisi loaning to Supersport was that, you know, if you felt that you needed an attacking player, you have someone like George Libisi, he's a national team player. We all know the super potential. player. He's, he's a, a good player. player yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not then understanding, you know, the, the logic in signing Tade, right? And letting go George Libisi when you say you needed an attacking player. Worst of all, when Pizzo comes out a day later to say he doesn't know which, you know, part of the field he's going to play. So I'm now then asking, you know, for the greater good of South African football, right? A 30-year-old guy from Argentina gets signed when one of our players who, you know, we've earmarked to be, you know, something special gets loaned out and they play pretty much the same position. Always want to get the guys who give them the most trouble, and that's why they signed Brocky. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so they, they went. They went on open money. So I gave them problems. Exactly. They got him. They got him. He gave them problems. Yeah. But then all those players are then going to get loaned yeah, out or released in players, some couple of the players, years. Then. The players themselves also want to go to Sundowns. Sundowns is like it's like a holy grail. You want to go there and and because Sundowns pays well, and and sometimes um, Sundowns takes the African competition seriously. So you, if you play for Sundowns, you play in, in the African Champions League almost every year so uh, you know it's a win-win for for both the players and 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 the team like i said with with the goalkeepers kennedy winning but i worry about you know the the future of um these players i i know this is slightly off topic because you know we, we had a discussion off air about you know players going broke um post their careers and you know what what can be done to help these players because then 
when you look at the trend of some of the players that went broke after their careers, right, you'll find out that they actually played for, for the top teams. It was then when they left the top teams and could not find any suitor to match that salary that they were earning and they had to drop off and sort of take a pay cut and go to the smaller team. So now I worry about people like George Libisi, Opa Manisa, who... Uh, you know, Sundowns got them at the peak of their powers. Last couple of the uh, years, they're not playing. And now they're sitting there on this hefty contract. Sundowns still have to balance the books, by the way. Well, right? They, they so do. after Sundowns, where do these guys go? Because then the so-called medium enterprise teams, if I can put it that way, maybe a team like Vitz, you know, they might want to, but they might say, look, we, we can't, aff- can't afford your, you know, leverage salary. Maybe well, we, we might ask you, for a if you've got a, If you've got a chance, like George LeBessi has got going to Supersport United, that's a team that, you know, one of the, the most balanced teams in terms of, you know, how they're able to to stay stay relatively um, comfortable without spending too much too much money. So they'll pay you reasonably and you get a chance to play and, and, and remain competitive then maybe you have a chance but the issue remember Mika it's a loan so it's not a, a loan with you know an obligation to you buy never, so you, nev- you never know Super Sport might he decide can, you know what thank you George you, you were nice for these he, last three months I agree, and then but he can do well thank he, you he can do well there and if, he, your if he's not playing he's not playing regularly um, Sundowns always buy players from there. They might say, "You know, okay, you say he's, you, he's not playing up. regularly. He's not playing at all, Amika." But I'm saying, he's not he, playing I'm at saying all. he might get to to Supersport United and then he does well there. And that's it. I mean, if you look at who would have imagined that Yeye will go from from Supersport, sorry, from Kaiser Chiefs to Supersport United? Where but in Yeye's case, it was different because he reached a stage at Chiefs where there was nothing more he could give them. And you know, at twilight of his career, but he could he, see the but sunset. He, but he got a good a good lease of life at Supersport. That's what I'm saying. Yes, that, he that did. Jo- that but, for Josh. but Josh Libis is on a different side. Yeah, Josh Libis still has to take his might be, performance and his game to the next level. Might be, that's what I'm saying. And he thought Sundowns so, were going to give him that opportunity, and they which, didn't. Which hasn't happened. But I'm saying that he has the opportunity because he's, he's, he hasn't gone to to three months, Amika. He's he has, he months. hasn't gone to Polokwane or some other team. He's gone to Supersport United, who definitely are, are you know a good bet, and and he might just. Find find his mojo there. So uh, let, let's see what happens with with with, with him there. No, because for me, you know, generally, I I always worry about the well being of a player whenever he leaves a big team, and you know, the, the, he's sort of caught up in limbo as to you know the next move from there. Because they, for they me, have, chief they, of they, the issue, they have is, to get good money. Salary, they right? have to they have to get good money. A sundown salary can only be matched by chiefs or pirates. The, the question at the end of the day, the question, there, of the day is, the question at the end of the day is who is advising them. If you, if you don't have good advisors, you don't have good advisors. Sometimes the players make very wrong moves, and sometimes you know they they are they have also greedy agents and and advisors, and they end up taking the wrong turn. And that's what what end what ends the career of certain players is is if you make the wrong turn, then you know you're out of it. So I still think that um, for all intents and purposes, we need to look at at you know. Where where the players where do they go from from there? If you make a wrong turn, and you can get uh, you know a classic example is Philip Coutinho. He went to Inter Milan. That was a massive move for him. And then you know it wasn't working out. He got moved to Liverpool for eight million, and nobody was looking at it at, at, at it as a big deal. But he just found 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 a lease of life there. Liverpool yes is a is a big old traditional team, but at that point in time they were not they were a struggling team. But he went there. He got to work. He became one of the, the most sought-after 
player. So, you know, I always say like sometimes, you know, if you look at a player like Raheem Sterling at, at Man City, it's his agent and his advisor who said, look, you got to move. Even if it means they had to, to break some of their, I mean, annoy people at Liverpool for him to get out and go to go to Man City. He's gone to Man City and he's become a different player. He's improved. He's worked on his game. He's become become a much a much better player, probably earlier than he would have if, if he was still at Liverpool. So the, I, I, I go back to the same thing I say, you know, with African players and South African players in particular, who are the guys who are advising them? Who's, who's guiding them? Yes, the, the club might want you, but sometimes it's if you've got a good advisor, you will know that if you're moving to sundowns, you may not get as many games as, as possible, but they go all the same because the agent is going to get some some money and that's what happens with it, a lot of them. Then they end up there where they, because sometimes, you know, if you don't perform, you're going on the bench. Some, there's some big player willing to take take your place. Mm. Always amazes me how Mika finds a way to sneak in a Liverpool something in well, a discussion that has absolutely nothing to do with Liverpool. <laughs> what can I do? But we're going to take a short break and we'll be back. We'll be touching on some Premier League stuff and of course El Clasico is around the corner. So do join us shortly. Pitch Invasion is the podcast for football tribalists. To contribute to the show, pose a topic of debate or just complain about your favorite team, Send us a WhatsApp voice note on plus 27609216977. Or send us a text message starting with hashtag Pitch Invasion. Remember to also follow the Pitch Invasion podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username Pitch Invaded.